Yes. So please. Love Talk Radio. Welcome to V Radio. On today's tonight's edition of V Radio, we will have our guest, Senator Mike Gravel. Give me just a moment here to go ahead and call him. Um, today, we're going to be talking about some current events. I had asked for some questions to be subjected, uh, basically um, submitted to me on various forums, an independent political report. And in addition, we're going to talk about his book that I've been reading, The Kingmakers. Um, even if you don't agree with some of Senator Gravel's views. Uh, this book is strictly about exposing the mainstream media, and I have definitely liked the reading that I've gotten out of it so far. So, um, we'll go from there. I'm going to add them into the call now, and let's get this started. And it's ringing. Hello? Hello, Senator Gravel? Yes. Hi, Mike. How's it going? Well, good, good, good. Excellent. Um, I basically have been reading uh, to my speakers for a few days here to um, get them ready for this. Um, I have to tell you, I've definitely liked the book so far, uh, especially just like some of the things that it's exposed and uh, that are in the book actually are quotes that I remember hearing myself, like just the different things that the mainstream media had said that was not really consistent later on with the things that they had said later. Um, and uh, I also uh, had... Which book are you talking about, Neil? The Kingmakers, Mike. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, also uh, I had asked some of my listeners for some questions um, in regards to like current events and such that they might like to ask you. Um so let me bring those up now. Um, the first question that I got was... Uh, are the, the list- tape or how are you going to do that now? I'm sorry, what? Are we going to take this or how are you, how are you doing this? Um, well, you're actually live right now, sir. Oh, okay, good. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay, now I'm, now I'm no happy problem. to be on your program. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, okay. Now... Um, uh, the listeners were curious, who do you think you will be voting for in the presidential election? Oh, God, that's, a, that's the toughest question I have. <laughs> hey, I feel the same way. So, uh. <laughs> well, clearly, clearly, I may may wind up, uh, well, I'm in Virginia, so I'll be uh, waiting to see how tight a race it is in Virginia, and I'll be guided by that, obviously. Uh, you know, I don't want to see McCain become president. I don't. I I'm not that keen on Obama. But if uh, if uh, if it's a tight race, uh, then I'll be guided by that. But if it's not a tight race, uh, then uh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> may write in somebody's name. But uh, uh, let's wait and see. No, I understand completely where you're coming from there. It's definitely, particularly with all the craziness going on right now in the third party world. It is difficult oh, to yeah. pick a candidate. I, I, I don't see anything uh, there uh, in that regard. Now, uh, what do you think of this recent bailout? Uh, I uh, was. Uh, I, I just think it's a real power grab. Uh, I think it. Uh, it's really unfortunate. Uh, I think there are other ways to handle it. I think here again we're scaring ourselves to death for the government to come in here big time. Uh, you could, you know, if the government wanted to, they could turn around and just lend the money uh, to banks. Let the banks just pay it back with interest. But, you know, there's a lot of simple approaches. Uh, 
if these uh, companies, uh, you know, here, uh, Lehman Brothers, uh, you know, went bankrupt, uh, uh, Merrill Lynch turned around and sold itself uh, to another company. Uh, the Japanese came in and bought uh, a chunk of one company. Uh, I think that, they, you know, if you believe in capitalism, we'll let these people uh, just uh, follow the red brick road to um, to capitalism. Uh, yeah. Whether or not that this will cause a, a, a sizable crash, I don't know that that's the case. Uh, the people, I do know this, and this frightens me, the people that cause the problems are the people that want to correct, to uh, stay in command to correct the problem. I don't have much faith in that. Hey, uh, Senator Gravel, um, the, the people who are listening, basically, uh, is there any way you could, uh, like, I don't know if it has to do with like how close you are to the phone or whatever, but uh, they're saying that you're kind of quiet. They can still hear you, but uh, if there's any way you could speak up a little bit. They did hear I'll you on to, that. I'll try, to, I'll try to speak up a little bit. Oh, that's good. Right let's there. See, uh, let's see if I can lay my hands on a quote that would be very... Very interesting. What did I do with it? Uh, it was a it was a great quote from Bill Clinton when he signed the. Uh, let's see if I can. Uh, well, it was on the. Well, I can't get my hands on it, and I apologize for that. I sent it to somebody today so that they could uh, have it. And that was the quote of uh, Bill Clinton when he signed the uh, the uh, legislation. Uh, let's see, when he signed the legislation to uh, uh, let me go, I'll get it right now. Uh, get it right now. Uh, let's see. Okay, you'll, you'll it, it, just be patient. It's worth it. No problem. Uh, well, I can't. Well, I can't get my hands on. It. I'm trying. I'm on my computer and I'm trying to get my hands on it. Uh, I, it, uh, it's just not coming up the way I want it. Well, it was Bill Clinton that signed the legislation to repeal the Glass-Steagall Act. And, uh, and he made this statement uh, in 1999, December 3rd, 1999, saying how wonderful it was going to be to unleash the financial industry to go out there and do imaginative things uh, on behalf of uh, the industry. And that's exactly what they've done. And they've taken us right down the tubes. And that was just a brief statement by Bill Clinton when he signed the legislation. It was put up by the Republicans, and it was shepherded through by uh, Secretary of State Rubin, who is now the advisor to Barack Obama um, and is going to be there if Barack Obama is elected president and uh, will be the one that will help us uh, bail, uh, bail the country out of this difficulty that we have. Now, um, just to it's clarify it's something. It's a wonder that, we have, that I have no confidence that uh, we're going to see this thing properly corrected. I can't really blame you there. Um, just to clarify, uh, because some of the listeners are questioning, uh, were you implying that you would be willing to vote for Barack Obama? Uh, if if it were a a tight race in Virginia, probably so. Uh, okay. But uh, I don't think it would be down to one vote. Uh, and so, uh, so, uh, but if it would say. If if a gun is put to my head and I got to choose between Barack Obama and uh, John McCain, of course I'd vote for Barack Obama. Okay, I see where you're coming from. I don't agree, but that's all right. Um, I'm kind yeah, of surprised. No, I said no. You you got you got a choice now. The guns at your head. Mm-hmm. You got to pick one or the other. Who would you pick? <laughs> I think they're going to blow my head off, Mike. <laughs> well, that's, good. that's right. Who are you going to pick? You, you got you got no choice. You could. See, we can have the luxury of saying, "Well, I don't want either." Then, bang, you're dead. Okay. But if you got if you got to pick one, who would you pick? Oh well, um, honestly, it, 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 if I really, 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 really had to, as in maybe somebody else's life was in danger, um, I would probably say um, 
uh, out of the two, only because I'm so sick of the neocons, I probably would have said the same thing. Um, but okay. one way or the other, my vote will probably be going for a third party this year. That's a very unpleasant situation. And who brought us to this unpleasantness? American media and the dysfunctionality of the two-party system and the dysfunctionality of the minor parties. They are well, dysfunctional. I do agree that they have been pretty dysfunctional as of late. <laughs> Well, um, you and I have been to the uh, the minor party convention, and uh, they're pretty dysfunctional too. Yeah, they are. Um, now, what do you think of this recent mess with Bob Barr um, at that press conference that Ron Paul put together to unite the people oh, behind God. the third parties? Uh, geez, I don't even want to go there. Here, <laughs> what, what, uh, yeah, there's so many intelligent things we could discuss. That is, this is not one of them, Neil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I understand, it, sir. It, it speaks for itself. You don't need my comments on that situation. Okay. Now, um, what are your feelings on the conflict uh, in Georgia? Uh, the, oh, in uh, Georgia, in uh, South Ossetia, in right. Sakasvili. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's really very sad that the American media uh, has, which is of course, it's been anti-Putin from the get-go because, uh, you know, th- these are the terrible Russians and Putin has been looked upon as uh, developing greater authoritarianism in Russia. Uh, you know, what he's done <clears throat> is he's, he's really taken the power away from the oligarchs and put it more into the hands of the government. And, of course, that has brought about authoritarianism to some degree. Uh, he still, uh, you know, he did see power. He did have, uh, he, and put another another person get elected. He did obviously get himself appointed uh, the uh, uh, the prime minister. Uh, but let's look at the, the record. The, now, this is the bias of American media, and boy, it can be biased. In 1989. <laughs> uh, when the Soviet Union imploded, Georgia declared its independence. Well, that's a good track record. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, now, South Ossetia and Abkhazia were also wanting to be independent, too. They were closer to what would be Russia, which later became the Russian Federation. But uh, but because Stalin had forced them into Georgia, uh, so that when Georgia declared its independence, uh, Georgia said, you're part of us, and that was all there is to it. So we already had some frictions there. So in, uh, in uh, 89, 90, 91, you had literally somewhat of a civil war going on between South Ossetia, Abkhazia, and Georgia, where the South Ossetians didn't want to stay in Georgia, and nor did the Abkhazia. Now, the Russians, the Federation, there was just burgeoning at the time, worked out an agreement uh, with Georgia that to to end the violence, wherein the Georgians would grant autonomy to South Ossetia and to Abkhazia, and that uh, they would have autonomy uh, they would be guaranteed by the Russian Federation. And the treaty was negotiated, and the Russians guaranteed that autonomy and uh, put in peacekeepers. Didn't put a lot of them in. I think the number was about 15 Russians were stationed in uh, the capital of uh, South Ossetia. Now, every year there's a little friction uh, between uh, Georgia and the others. Now, along came, now that's when Shcherbanazzi, who was Gorbachev's uh, uh, foreign minister, was the head of it. He was somewhat autocratic. And then along came the Rose Revolution, where George Soros uh, in the United States pushed, and Dusakasvili, who was, uh, was in the United States at the time, went back there. He was an attorney, I think, in Georgia, working for Soros, as I understand it went back to uh, uh, Georgia, ran for president, got elected, big up, upset and all that, and served uh, as president and was a bit of a demagogue. 
And uh, he uh, was very pro-American and uh, made a lot of overtures to us. And uh, the Americans turned around using him as a wedge to sort of uh, try to entice and bring in NATO. Now, this is the interesting ingredient. NATO uh, was part of an agreement with uh, Ronald Reagan and Gorbachev that NATO would not be expanded beyond its borders uh, when, when the Soviet Union imploded. Of course, that was immediately violated by Bush one and Bill Clinton that expanded NATO into the Eastern Bloc. Now, point of fact, NATO should have probably been dissolved when the Warsaw Pact was dissolved, but that wasn't the case because NATO is a is an interesting device for U.S. imperialism because, you see, we have the military command of NATO. So we were using NATO as a wedge to sort of prick, uh, to some degree, uh, the bear uh, of Russia and to cause them embarrassment. Hey, so Senator Gravel, um, when yeah. the music's up, that means we're on a break. Um, we'll be right back with more from Senator Gravel. the superfood for you and your family. Hemp has nutritional values that far exceed any known plant. Hemp, used for food, clothing, and shelter since time began. Hemp, this God-given food source is controlled by your government, making it not legal to grow for American people and farmers, but legal to import. Our founding fathers grew hemp because they knew of the benefits it offered. The protein powder, seeds, and oil are available through HempUSA.org. Recommended daily intake of this food source will allow the body to heal itself from many ailments. Loaded with potassium, magnesium, calcium, essential fatty acids, amino acids, and nutrients not available in other plants. Hemp can be stored with a long shelf life as a life-sustaining food source for you and your family. Could this be the government's best-kept secret? Call today at 908-691-2608 and see what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. Learn. Help. Shop at HempUSA.org. We do not charge for shipping. That's 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. Are CNN and Fox online any better than they are on TV? The old media. It's a piece of crap. It doesn't work. Revolution Broadcasting. <laughs> www.revolutionbroadcasting.com. The freedom spin starts here. News and talk from a freedom perspective. Revolution Broadcasting is listener supported, so please visit our website. And if you like what's here, chip in. HempUSA.org is now offering free shipping worldwide to better serve our customers. Our goal is to get these fine hemp products to you in the least amount of time so you can enjoy what the powder seeds and oil can do for you. HempUSA.org has a warning that the U.S. food supplies are dangerously low, and we urge you to protect your family with hemp storable foods today. Tomorrow may be too late. Call 908-691-2608 or visit HempUSA.org. This incredible food source is loaded with enzymes so your body can digest the food you eat. And it creates an alkaline environment where cancer can't grow and parasites cannot live and brings funguses, viruses, and bacterial levels down and to a halt. Try our powder seeds and oil today. Call 908-691-2608 or visit HempUSA.org. If the body has the proper nutrition, it will heal itself. Ask yourself, why does our government not allow this crop to grow in the U.S.? This product is also great for pets and animals. Call 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. I'm David Wooprecht, host of Supermarket Sweep and a member of the Libertarian Party. You ever wonder why Republicans increase big government and Democrats waver on social issues? Well, maybe it's time you shop around for a new party. Libertarians work toward smaller government and lower taxes. Libertarians also take a principled stand on social issues, believing that you best know how to run your life. Check out the Libertarian Party. 
socially tolerant, fiscally responsible. We're back here on V Radio. I was just discussing with Senator Mike Gravel on the subject of the Georgian conflict. Are you still there, Mike? I'm still here, and I don't know if I was going into too much detail of history, uh, but it's really so egregious the way this subject's been treated in the United States. I'll try to uh, brief it up a little bit. Okay. Uh, but but we should know this, that Sakasvili who is an elected official. They say he's got a democracy there. Of course, he had a, a real problem in his second term where he had to have uh, emergency powers uh, and had riots. And, of course, uh, the uh, Abkhazia is also a elected democracy, and so is South Ossetia, a elected democracy. So they're all democracies. But what he did is on August uh, uh, August 7th, uh, he and we, Americans should know that shortly before that, there was a 1,000 American troops that did military exercises with 700 uh, 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 Georgian troops, military exercises. And, of course, we've been pushing for them to be admitted to NATO, and God knows why we need NATO down there uh, on the southern part of Russia. Uh, must be part of the Silk Road strategy where we declared that the entire area of uh, Eurasia from uh, China to Europe is America's vital interest. But be that as it may, uh, on the 7th, uh, Sakasvili, without provocation, unleashed a battery of missiles on the capital of South Ossetia, killing more than 2,000 people. Uh, Putin, who was with, in Beijing with Bush, approached Bush and said, please stop, stop uh, Sakasvili for what he's doing. Bush blew him off. I said, well, I've got no control. Now, if you believe that, I'll say you're a bridge. And so uh, the Putin got very angry, and he told the Russian troops to go ahead, move in, and stop the carnage that was taking place in South Ossetia, and then move in to the northern part of Georgia to, to take away the military capability of Georgia to reinvade South Ossetia. And that's exactly what happened. They did it in a very surgical fashion. They did not go in and damage the civilian population of Georgia. Unlike what we did in Bosnia and, uh, and in Yugoslavia, when we uh, bombed from the air and uh, and obviously a number of civilians civilians were damaged. That's not what happened with when the Russians quote we use the terminology invaded Georgia. Now this was to try and defuse the invasion of South Ossetia by Georgia. I would predict this that when Sakashvili leaves office, he will be indicted at the criminal court at the Hague for his wanton invasion and the murder of thousands of South Ossetians. That's not a story that's told in the United States because, of course, our media here is so fair and objective. But that's <laughs> really what all happened. Right. You know, in fact, just as you were talking about that, that's, that actually really rings true to the book that we were talking about, you know, your book, The Kingmakers, um, because it, it occurred to me as I was listening to the news, and now every time I watch the news because of your book, I immediately begin to think, okay, so what storyline are they trying to craft here? You know, basically what, you know, what story are they trying to tell us and why are they, you know, what are, what's motivating them? And the other thing that I notice is that all the European people that I know, 
um, basically have, you know, have been telling me that, you know, the, the stories we're being given here are inaccurate, and they're basically saying all the same things you are. And I, of course, don't really find it unusual that, you know, you have the straight story and the mainstream media doesn't. Um, now, another question that people had was, uh, do you believe that we're going to go to war with Iran? What is your prediction? Well, first off, uh, I was very frightened that that would take place. Uh, first off, because uh, the Democrats and Republicans passed legislation in the Congress on the 26th of September uh, of 07, uh, the Lieberman II resolution giving George Bush the power to do that. And what happened as a result of that, you had the intelligence community that came out with their study. It was going to be leaked. The, uh, the Bush had to release it. They knew it a year ahead of time that the Iranians were not trying to make a bomb. And in point of fact, the Iranians are doing no different than what we are trying to get a bunch of countries to do, and that is to become, to generate nuclear power uh, for electricity, uh, which I think is wrong, period. But because it may, uh, the uh, Iranians are signers of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty uh, and are prepared to abide by it. But we sanction them because we don't want them to do any of this activity unless it's done in cahoots with us. Uh, and so now they, Bush has got the power to invade them, and the threat is, boy, if they get nuclear capability, they're going to get a bomb, and they're going to go crazy with this bomb. Well, there's no logical reason why they would use a bomb. Would they use it against Israel? What for? They would, what they it's a suicide. Israel's got nuclear capability. Israel's got several hundred nuclear bombs, so they could destroy uh, Iran in a heartbeat. So why would they want to use a bomb? Would they use it against us? So you have to presuppose that the Iranians are insane and would want to commit national suicide. So uh, it makes no sense at all. Why would? Uh, so what? What is this all about? What it is, it's the ability to gin up an arms race so that the military-industrial complex in the United States can continue to make profits, uh, and that's what we're all about and what we've been all about with American imperialism since the Second World War. You know, we um, go to war with, but to answer your question, mm-hmm. uh, I was encouraged by, they were really trying to gin this up in uh, in Israel with the Benny Morris, uh, big historian, uh, wrote an article in the New York Times, which absolutely was suicidal. I wrote a piece responding to it called The Masada Reach. Uh, they wouldn't publish it, obviously, but it did get published in other areas. Uh, and, uh, and just lately, uh, the head of their military and Omar, well, not the president, uh, Shimon Perez and Omar, both have said to the military, cool it. You know, this makes no sense at all, and it doesn't. For Israel to act, it would be suicidal, uh, and and so that's cooled a little bit. In the United States, it seems to have cooled a little bit. So my hope is that we'll get through this year, and the United States won't attack uh, Iran, uh, and uh, then I think that uh, we may settle down uh, to a more of a diplomatic course in that regard. So my hope is that nothing will happen. But uh, who knows, uh, with uh, Cheney uh, still running loose, uh, running around the White House, he's capable of anything. Yeah, I know where you're coming from there. That guy scares the hell out of me. Um, And honestly, uh, there's actually, I'm getting like spammed with this question, but it has to do with the fact that apparently uh, Obama and McCain had not turned in their their paperwork are on time or something, and they were curious what you thought in regards to them suddenly being able to muscle their way onto the ballots in some of the states that they had not filed their paperwork on time in, um, and how it seems like the election commissions were willing to give them that special treatment um, just because they were major parties. Neil, does that surprise you that that the two major parties uh, can abuse the law, misuse the law, create the law to their advantage? I mean, no, it doesn't surprise me at all, but... <laughs> it's been going on all along. So no, definitely. Whatever, whatever you can prove, they will find a way to get around it. Uh, I I am in that situation right now. I'm the only presidential candidate that has not got its matching funds, and I'm fighting tooth and nail to get that done. And uh, lo and behold, 
uh, you know, I don't know what that outcome is going to be, but the, all the others have been taken care of, and 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 we've we're fighting for what a couple hundred, three hundred thousand dollars maybe. Right. Yeah. No, no, I, I understand completely, but they never really treated you right when you were a Democrat anyway. So, I mean, it, that's nothing. I, I honestly was surprised. The whole process of uh, the, it, it's just the process of government that, uh, you know, I don't, it's not a conspiracy. It's just the way it operates. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's the power. Power uh, serves power is probably the best way I could phrase it. Now, um, another question, because a lot of people, I mean, um, this will probably bring a smile to your face, but I have been approached by some libertarians who are eating crow, so to speak, on the fact that um, they didn't, you know, that they didn't nominate you. Um, And they're curious, um, although I I believe I already know the answer, but they'd like to hear it from you. But um, uh, touching on the the, the press conference that I was talking about, if if you had been nominated and the the subject that, you know, that Ron Paul brought up when he got McKinney and Nader and Baldwin all on the stage, um, would you have attended that press conference and would you have agreed to the four points? No question about it. Uh, you know, you don't you don't develop pretensions. Uh, well, not only that, uh, my whole approach would have been altogether different uh, from the get go. And so, you know, and I don't know if uh, if a major portion of the wing of the Libertarian Party would have been tolerant to my approach. But but uh, you know, I'm uh, as you know, I consider myself a libertarian. Uh, my the hallmark of my libertarianism is very straightforward. I believe in personal freedom, and I mean just that. And I believe in collective freedom. And so, what I mean by that is, uh, is uh, I believe that a free society has to be an educated society. Now, how that is to come about, I want the people to make that decision, not the leaders. Right. It has to be a healthy society. Here too. I want the people to figure that out, not me. It has to be an infrastructural society with a sound economy. I want the people to figure that out. That's the reason why I think the most libertarian thing I can offer is to empower the people to be able to make laws so that they can decide on all the policy issues that affect their lives. That, for me, is libertarian with a capital L. Well, you know, you know, I'm already sold on that subject overall, and I, I still push it to this day. Um, but uh, basically, the, the four points in question, um, are you familiar with what they were, that they managed to get all of those people to agree to, um, basically about the, the, the foreign policy? I'm looking at it, and it's basically your foreign policy anyway. Uh, privacy, I know you're big on that. The national debt, you know, uh, we cannot increase it any further. And to get rid of the Federal Reserve, you're on board with all of that? Oh, and more. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I know. It's kind of a dumb question between you and I. I knew what yeah, you'd want to say, but people want to hear. I want to do away with the income tax and uh, besides the reserves. So. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, in addition, uh, people are are basically begging me at this point because, especially with Ron Paul kind of giving his support to Chuck Baldwin, um, they're curious what your opinion of Chuck Baldwin is. Well, to my knowledge, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he's okay. a constitutionalist. Is that your view? Um, he, yes, he is. He's a member of the Constitution Party, and he is definitely a, a value to the, of the Constitution itself, a constitutionalist. Yeah. I mean, I, I, at this I point, I can tell you that I trust him enough that I'm probably going to vote for him. So. Okay, well, fine. I'm not a constitutionalist, and, and, uh, and I've always felt that uh, Ron Paul was more of a constitutionalist than a libertarian. And uh, I'm I'm a libertarian. Uh, I'm not a constitutionalist. I have no problems changing the constitution. For okay. me, the constitution is a living document, and it's got some real holes in it that should have been changed a long time ago. In fact, uh, it was the uh, it was the framers of the constitution that cut a deal with slavery that fixed it so that people couldn't make laws because they would have never tolerated slavery. So I don't buy into the constitutional approach as much as they do. Uh, you got to keep in mind that uh, the Constitution, without the Bill of Rights, which took five years to come in after the Constitution, uh, I buy the Bill of Rights big time. But as far as the Constitution prior to that, leaving out the uh, the preamble is is just a, a series of 
of the mechanical structure of the operations of the government, which was pretty well known at the time uh, and, and pretty common knowledge in the intelligentsia of the world at that particular time. Now, the, the guts of what we really value today was what took five years to bring about, and that was, of course, the Bill of Rights. Well, no, I, yeah, and I'm definitely a scholar of your, your feelings on that, for sure. Um, a couple of your uh, fans actually wanted to say hello to you. One of them is named Dan Reel. Um, he said that he met you at uh, one of these universities. What was it? Um, but uh, in any case, he says hello. He's actually the person who wanted to ask the question in regards to like those, you know, the two parties like basically sneaking their guys under the ballots against the rules. And also uh, a young lady by the name of Hafa. Um, I talked to her she's actually in Maryland. Oh yeah, no, no, she is. A, she's a very strong supporter and a very, very committed young lady who someday is going to run for Congress. Right? Yes, she so, yeah. is. Yes, she is. Um, I'm looking forward to that. But she actually wanted to know uh, what you think about the fact that, oh, I'll ask you after the break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The superfood for you and your family. Hemp has nutritional values that far exceed any known plant. Hemp, used for food, clothing, and shelter since time began. Hemp, this God-given food source is controlled by your government, making it not legal to grow for American people and farmers, but legal to import. Our founding fathers grew hemp because they knew of the benefits it offered. The protein powders, seeds, and oil are available through HempUSA.org. Recommended daily intake of this food source will allow the body to heal itself from many ailments. Loaded with potassium, magnesium, calcium, essential fatty acids, amino acids, and nutrients not available in other plants. Hemp can be stored with a long shelf life as a life-sustaining food source for you and your family. Could this be the government's best-kept secret? Call today at 908-691-2608 and see what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. Learn. Help. Shop at HempUSA.org. We do not charge for shipping. That's 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. You feel like you should be free to live your life how you want, so long as your actions don't harm anyone else? There's good news. You're not alone. Thousands of people like you are going to move to New Hampshire so we can reclaim our lost liberties. Be a part of the Second American Revolution. Join the Free State Project. You can learn more about the Free State Project at freestateproject.org or call toll-free 1-888-532-4604. That's 888-532-4604, or visit freestateproject.org. Hemp, the superfood for you and your family. Hemp has nutritional values that far exceed any known plant. Hemp, used for food, clothing, and shelter since time began. Hemp, this God-given food source is controlled by your government, making it not legal to grow for American people and farmers, but legal to import. Our founding fathers grew hemp because they knew of the benefits it offered. The protein powders, seeds, and oil are available through HempUSA.org. Recommended daily intake of this food source will allow the body to heal itself from many ailments. Loaded with potassium, magnesium, calcium, essential fatty acids, amino acids, and nutrients not available in other plants. Hemp can be stored with a long shelf life as a life-sustaining food source for you and your family. Could this be the government's best-kept secret? Call today at 908-691-2608 and see what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. Learn. Help. Shop at HempUSA.org. We do not charge for shipping. That's 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. Are CNN and Fox online any better than they are on TV? The old media. It's a piece of crap. It doesn't work. Revolution Broadcasting. <laughs> www.revolutionbroadcasting.com The Freedom Spin starts here. News and talk, 
from a freedom perspective. Revolution Broadcasting is listener-supported, so please visit our website. And if you like what you hear, chip in. Here on B Radio with Senator Mike Gravel. Um, I was just asking you Hefa's question, Mike, um, and basically it's just about the, uh, the the state of sovereignty for the people who live in Washington D.C. and Puerto Rico. She kind of feels that they're treated like second-class citizens. What's your opinion? And she's right. They are treated like second-class citizens, and there's no reason why they shouldn't have statehood. Uh, whether they'll have it or not, that remains to be seen. It's something they've worked at for a long, long time. And I have no magic answer to that other than it would be justice for them to have equal representation in the Senate, period. Yeah, I agree with you there, and that's what I figured you'd say. Now, I wanted to get back to, um, because that was basically all the questions, and I'm sorry that those took as long as it did. Um, and now, uh, basically, I guess we were, well, um, uh, as far as, like, the, the third-party candidates, um, when it comes to, I mean, what's a, a super brief assessment of, say, Ralph Nader and Cynthia McKinney? Well, uh, as far as, uh, clearly, uh, they don't have a chance of winning. What they do, and which is the same situation that I had as a candidate in the primary, not that I would win, but they add a voice uh, that needs to be heard and discussed, that now they're not part of the debates really is the tragedy because we need them in the dialogue if people are to become informed. So I think their candidacies are very, very important. Uh, they give, uh, they turn around. Uh, and same thing with Bob Barr, uh, the, uh, and, and uh, also any other candidate is out there. That whether it's the libertarian voice, whether it's the green voice, whether it's the independent voice, uh, that's what we lack. And what the media wants it wants a very narrow uh, dialogue to take place, and they throw in all their fluff and all their commercials, and so they just drowned out any real intelligent discussion. And that's and of course. We are the the American uh, voter is the poor intellectually the poor for that. Well, you know, I think that actually, you know, particularly the things that you've said, um, uh, like, and also the things that Ron Paul has said. Um, you, you were both really heroes in this election because even though you're not going to be president, as much as I hate that, um, it's a question of. Like, for example, now the, the Federal Reserve is being spoken about in mainstream media. Um, I just downloaded a video a few minutes ago about uh, somebody, you know, from the mainstream media saying that the Federal Reserve is private and all that other jazz, things that you would have never heard being talked about. Um, things along the lines of how bad the military-industrial complex is. I pretty much put, you know, uh, that largely behind you. You know, and honestly, I honestly feel that... Um, you know, that there is a benefit to running those third-party presidential candidates. My personal opinion is that I think we should concentrate more on getting people into Congress and the Senate um, because it is difficult for me to think to myself, you know, realistically, as much as I support them running for president, I think that it's really difficult for uh, me to get behind people who are running for those offices when their, their parties haven't even fielded a single senator or congressman. You know, it's difficult to get me, you know, to basically to get me behind that effort. I still support them. You know, I still donate to their causes because it helps spread the message. But I wish, I wish strategically that more of them would run for Congress at the same time as they did for president like Ron Paul did. Now, on to the subject of the Kingmakers, I've had a lot of, um, uh, at least I've been really enjoying reading your book. And um, 
the different things like you had talked about about them constructing a storyline and all the different spins that they put on everything. Like I didn't, I never got to know, for example, all the fallacies behind the Jessica Lynch story um, until I read your book. Um, and, uh, the advantage of the Kingmaker meal is that it brings under uh, two covers all of the stories that led up to the war and uh, and many of the lies. And so it's almost like a um, a reference book that has it all in one place. Uh, you know, there's no uh, – this is all taken – from the public record. Uh, you know, I was not privy to anything special. It's just all there, and it brought it all together, and it shocks you when you see it all together at once, the level of the lies and the obfuscations and the structure of the lies that all of these supposedly hotshots who, uh, who, who you think know what's going on. One of the things I was struck by, both by being in the... Uh, in the debates and in the book is how superficial these big names are uh, in the, uh, who, who report the news. You think that they've really got a vertical understanding, an intellectual understanding of what they're talking about. Not at all. Very superficial. They just got the stuff that they read and that's it. Uh, and they go from one, one item to the other. Very tragic. And of course, that that's of course the reason why the knowledge that the Americans have of these issues is also very superficial. No, and I I understand completely, and particularly like you know it the things I was saying it transformed the way I looked at the news because before I was always looking just for the the issue of okay so what's the government doing to manipulate this story and then you also brought up though a very good point that in some cases it's just a matter that they're trying to sell news. And therefore, they need a storyline that's compelling for people to listen to. So they need Georgia to be the you know they need Georgia to be the you know the poor innocent you know group that's you know, that's being oppressed by the big giant nation because that's an, that's a compelling story. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. They want to hear you know they basically they're trying to get people to watch the news, and the average person won't watch the news. And after reading your book, I started to recognize the fact you know maybe this is the reason why we keep hearing about all this stuff like sex scandals and other jazz like that during the, you know, during the elections is because that's more interesting to the average person than anything of any real substance. You know, people don't turn on the TV to learn about the Federal Reserve. They turn on to see whether or not Obama slept around on his wife. You know, yeah, that, but that, you see, that's the whole problem of the communication. Uh, you, in order to get your attention, you need drama. And so good news is generally boring. Unless you can tell a story that has emotional impact, and so they do use that. So you, a storyline is very effective if it has, a, a, and if it has emotion, which is, of course is drama. And so drama uh, trumps information, trumps reality, and uh, drama is necessary to get your attention. So they want your eyeballs because they count the eyeballs, and that's how they make money with their networks. Right. And they do newspapers. And so that's the that's the structural flaw in the whole communications, the commercialization of communications. That's the flaw that is there. Now, the, and and it's very very difficult to overcome in a free society. The flaw in representative government is that the people who hold your power, uh, they put their self-interest above the public interest. And there's no way to overcome that because that is just ordinary uh, human nature. And so both these key elements, uh, the communication process and the representation process of representative government, are both flawed and are uncorrectable because they're part of human nature. Now, that's the reason why I've come to the conclusion that the only answer to improve our system of governance is to empower the people so that they themselves have the power to make decisions on all the issues that affect their lives. And that is, of course, by lawmaking. Uh, Cicero pointed out to the definition of freedom is participation in power. Well, in governance, power is lawmaking because you have very simple. You either obey the law or go to jail. And if you're the person who makes the law, then you obviously have power. So if the people want to have freedom, they've got to become lawmakers. 
And in, in this country, we have 24 states where people make laws and at local government. It's not a very good process, but it's not bad. It's better than nothing. Now, what we need to do is to have the people empowered to make laws in every government jurisdiction, and most particularly at the federal jurisdiction. And that's the law that, uh, that I wrote over a 10-year period, embedded it with scholars and experts around the country, and it's called the National Initiative for Democracy. And that's the reason why I ran for president. Not so much that I wanted to be president, I wanted to use that stage to acquaint the American people that there is a process out there that they can vote for that will permit them to be empowered uh, to be able to have real self-governance. And, uh, and I'm still will be devoting the rest of my life to trying to get this enacted, to acquaint the American people that they're the ones that will, get it to, that will bring about its enactment. It will never happen by the Congress or a representative government. I don't care who gets elected. No, you know, I agree with you on that for sure, and I, I still definitely bring that up a lot. I think, you know, because I actually, you know, as you know, I'm a libertarian running for Congress in Michigan's 10th District, and I, I'm very proud to have your endorsement. Um, I have a whole section I'm in my issue. I'm happy to give it, and I hope you can win. <laughs> I'm going to try really hard. Um, eventually, I would like to show you the debate I had. Um, I did really well, uh, in my opinion, and from what people have told me, because uh, the Greens sounded kind of confused, and the Democrat... Uh, basically, I managed to make him squirm. I think you've taught me a few lessons on how to do that because I asked him about impeachment, and he tried to Bob Barr the question, um, and everybody in the audience heard it, and they all came up afterwards and said, you know, you've made him look really foolish there because he didn't want to commit to saying he would impeach him, uh, impeach Bush and Cheney. But um, in any case, though, uh, on, the, on the subject of talking about libertarians, about the national initiative, is that what they're usually worried about is that the majority will vote for socialist programs. And... I'm kind of, you know, as, as I had already said before, I'm a little bit more worried about our civil liberties, and I just do not trust representative government to protect our civil liberties at this stage in the game, or in fact, any stage for the next 50 years. Um, there's a video that uh, I want to say, I, I forgot his name. He's one of the guys who worked with us. He put it together for you, and it was called The Crossroads. And it's a quote of you at the Libertarian Convention where you're saying, we don't have enough time to elect enough libertarians to Congress to affect the changes that we need. We need to make these changes now. Um, and I, I tend to agree with that. I am a little bit concerned that, you know, we may get huge socialist programs, but as you pointed out, when people see that, you know, when they make the bad laws and they're actually empowered to change them, then they will. You know, in the situation as it is now, the politicians are making bad laws and they're not interested in changing them. Yeah, what you're saying is that the, your, your assumption that the people will vote socialist laws is just not so. That's not what's happened historically. Socialist stuff has all came about through representative government. It's the politicians that have bankrupted that have done this. Here, you want to you want to limit the size of government. Let the people make these decisions. They're the ones that will limit the size of government. There's there's no way that the pe that the people will waste their money on a lot of socialist programs. Not at all. And there's no evidence of that. We've got a hundred years of people making a law in this country, and there's no evidence where the people have voted any really socialist programs into office. Just none. But you do have a lot of evidence of representative government doing that. So well, yeah. your fears are unfounded. They're grossly unfounded. There's no evidence of that. And you can go to Switzerland. There, there's no evidence of that there either. Now, here, if, if you don't trust the people then you trust the elites who control society today. And those are the ones that have brought you the Patriot Act, brought you the spine, brought you the military-industrial complex, brought you American imperialism. So, t so tell me who, who you think could do the better job. <laughs> no, I, you know I'm totally behind you on that. I think it's, but it's difficult but it, but it's, to... You can't have any fears. See, if you, if you turn around and say, well... I, you know, I am for the people, uh, you know, having the power, but I don't really don't trust them. Push comes to shove, I don't want to trust the majority. Well, if you don't trust the majority, then you have to adhere to minority rule, and that is what we have today. That is generally how I have to inform them, because they're usually worried about the majority coming after the minority, but that's why we have a Bill of Rights and a Constitution to protect no, the minority. There is no, there's no track record of that. 
Right. I, well, it does happen in some other societies, but overall, we have a constitution to protect well, what, those people. Uh, uh, tell me what societies this happens in. If you have a, a country of laws mm-hmm. that have experienced institutions, it does not happen. Oh, you can have mob rule. You know something? I've seen mob rule. I've seen it when the Congress passed the Patriot Act in 24 hours when nobody ever read it. That's mob <laughs> rule. No, I know exactly what you mean, and I usually that's it, it is kind of strange for people when they're defending the republic, you know, that they're saying, okay, so the majority of people they're qualified to choose other people to give their power to, who are generally paid by special interests, but they're not qualified to make their own laws. Um, and honestly, most politicians that I know are not qualified for to do anything in the name of freedom, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, but, but it's a ridiculous conundrum that they get themselves in, and uh, they just love to hear themselves talk about it. it it's very sad, but the mm-hmm. principle is very simple. If if you don't believe in majority rule, then you adhere to minority rule. So yeah. if you don't like minority rule, then shut up. You know, <laughs> you got no choice. It's it's like I was like before. You got a gun in your head. You're either for majority rule or minority rule. There's no in between. Well, you know what? Actually, um, one of my listeners has just asked me to reframe your own question that you gave to me earlier about the two major candidates. So there's a gun back to the back of your head. You have to choose either Chuck Baldwin, Ralph Nader, or Cynthia McKinney, or Bob Barr. Who do you choose? Well, that's, that's four choices. That's a multiple choice question. Well, that's the end of our show here tonight on V uh, Radio. Okay, Ralph Nader then. I'll call you later, Mike. the superfood for you and your family. Hemp has nutritional values that far exceed any known plant. Hemp, used for food, clothing, and shelter since time began. Hemp, this God-given food source is controlled by your government, making it not legal to grow for American people and farmers, but legal to import. Our founding fathers grew hemp because they knew of the benefits it offered. The protein powder, seeds, and oil are available through hempusa.org. Recommended daily intake of this food source will allow the body to heal itself from many ailments. Loaded with potassium, magnesium, calcium, essential fatty acids, amino acids, and nutrients not available in other plants. Hemp can be stored with a long shelf life as a life-sustaining food source for you and your family. Could this be the government's best-kept secret? Call today at 908-691-2608 and see what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. Learn. Help. Shop at HempUSA.org. We do not charge for shipping. That's 908-691-2608 or go to HempUSA.org today. Hi. I'm David Ruprecht, host of Supermarket Sweep and a member of the Libertarian Party. You ever wonder why Republicans increase big government and Democrats waver on social issues? Well, maybe it's time you shop around for a new party. Libertarians work toward smaller government and lower taxes. Libertarians also take a principled stand on social issues, believing that you best know how to run your life. Check out the Libertarian Party. Socially tolerant, fiscally responsible. HempUSA.org is now offering free shipping worldwide to better serve our customers. Our goal is to get these five products to you in the amount of time so you can enjoy what the powder seeds and oil can do for you. HempUSA.org has a warning that the U.S. food supplies are dangerously low, and we urge you to protect your family with hemp storable foods today. Tomorrow may be too late. Call 908-691-2608 or visit HempUSA.org. This incredible food source is loaded with enzymes so your body can digest the food you eat. And it creates an alkaline environment where cancer can't grow and parasites cannot live and brings funguses, viruses, and bacteria levels down to halt. Try our powder seeds and oil today. Call 908-691-2608 or visit hempusa.org. If the body has the proper nutrition, it will heal itself. Ask yourself, why does our government not allow this crop to grow in the U.S.? This product is also great for pets and animals. Call 908-691-2608 or go to hempusa.org today. Are CNN and Fox online any better than they are on TV? The old media. It's a piece of crap. It doesn't work. Revolution Broadcasting. 
www.revolutionbroadcasting.com. The Freedom Spin starts here. News and talk from a freedom perspective. Revolution Broadcasting is listener supported, so please visit our website. And if you like what you hear, then. For those of you who don't know, that was Marianne and Rebecca, the Ron Paul twin slash Chuck Baldwin.